Welcome back to the Goat Parade, the season two finale. Finale. Wow. The eighth or ninth episode. The We're a limited series. Of, yes, the eighth of the second season. 16th it's overall. A, it's been a... Wow. We're almost to... The 20 mark. We're wow. almost to the, the, the double decade mark. It's amazing that we did 16 of these this year. I mean... It's almost been a year. Again, that's... just like last episode, it's our almost year anniversary together. <laughs> I know. But I'm very excited. This is going to be me-centric. I'm going to talk about the, the top 20 of 2020. And I'm actually not going to talk at all. And this starts right here. So... You doing this vow of silence thing? You threatened. Yeah, I'm, he threatened. I'm gonna do. Threatened I'm gonna do it right now. Before I do that, though, I have to say one thing. Oh wow! By the okay. time, <laughs> by the okay, just one thing, last. just one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> by the time you're hearing this, Christmas is over. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, everyone, all the listeners out there, hopefully you had a holly jolly Christmas, happy holidays. Um, I've just been listening to the Yin Yang Twins Christmas Ooh. album. Did you know they have a Christmas? I did EP? not. Yeah, EP or deck, album. Uh, EP, four songs, Deck de Club <laughs> is um, a, a song that I would recommend for the holidays. Again, wow. I know Christmas is over, but you should go back and listen to that if you have Right. It. Also, I just yeah. saw Easy E's Merry Fucking Christmas. Um, <laughs> is that, so there's a lot you can listen to. I mean, there do, do you like, do you have any favorite Christmas songs? Uh, no, no. Actually, I don't like Christmas at all. I don't either. Huge, but yeah, I hate Christmas. Um, I like Carol of the Bells. Kill the Bells is great. Dun, 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 dun. You know why, though? Not for Christmas reasons. I think it's a perfect horror movie soundtrack song. It definitely it's is. Also, uh, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra just... Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love that. God, that's awful. I also, oh, man, how do you feel about the Pogues fairy tale in New York? It's, it's great. That's one of the few songs I could do. Hey, have you listened to Bob Dylan's Christmas in the Heart? No. You were talking about that previously, were you not? Have we talked about that I on a pod? I feel like you were, yeah. I, I believe there was a, a... Well, it comes up every year around this time right. because it's the worst Christmas album you've I ever heard I think that's what you were saying, yeah. It's just oh, so bad. His, his rendition of Little Drummer Boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just picture that. No. I'm not even going to give you an example. Yeah, just picture I don't it. I just it. want you to hear it. <laughs> okay, yeah. this is when I start my vow of silence. We start Cam's year-end right now. The Top 20 of 2020. So... Um, I'm going to talk about a lot of tunes, and I'm going to go in depth. I have some printouts out. Look at this, Al. I have printouts. Can you believe that? Like that's you just—he's going to give me a thumbs up. Okay, great. This is weird. All of a sudden, when it's just me, I'm—we're not doing this. <laughs> How long is this going to go? <laughs> oh, I don't like it. I feel very—this um, <clears throat> feels very one-sided. I don't even know where to start. You got me all confused. I—I I can't do a podcast by myself. <laughs> <laughs> God, how long was that? That was like five seconds of silence. And in I lost Spotify it. years, that felt like a decade. <laughs> in Spotify years. <laughs> um, okay, I'm so first glad of all, you're back. You should, you should, uh, wow, I feel rusty after taking 15 seconds off. <laughs> you should explain to the listener what we did last episode with mine in case they're just catching up and what we're going to yes. do for yours to round out the year. Well, your year in review was a clip show of epic proportions, you Thank know, you. where you brought in all the best moments from this this podcast and made good on some some uh, threats that you tied up those loose threats. That's what yeah, I like to do at the end. <laughs> I'm not a big New Year's resolution guy. I just like tying up my loose threats towards the right. end of the year. Yeah. It's important. It's very um, important. 
And so for me to just nerd out, I'm going to do my top 20 of 2020. These are the songs. I have my top 40, which I sent you. Um, I like I some of the tunes in your top 40 more than your top 20. I would rearrange well, some of them your top 20. You showed me. Some of them are what you brought on the GoPro. I know, so. and you put all of mine on the back tw- on the back. No, 20. I didn't mean to do. It wasn't uh-huh. like oh. sure, sure. <laughs> okay, okay. It's okay, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, have I just a, crammed I, them all yeah. up. Forty through thirty-six was for you. I have a stepdad. <laughs> I know the move. I, I know the move. <laughs> oh, that was not the way it was supposed to be. But I feel like this is a good top twenty mix of things that are very much my style and things that actually were on a lot of lists this year. Um, I'd say half of them I saw in a lot of top 20. So I feel like, you know, it was it was an all right year for music. I thought 2019 was a little bit better. But. Yeah, the releases this year also t- take an, in- an entirely different hue as far as listening to them. It, the, like the approach right. to listening to music has changed irreparably this year as we've had more time to pay attention to it. Maybe therefore be a little bit more judgmental or realize mm-hmm. how much there is out there on, on any given year. Uh, usually we're too busy to ingest all the releases, so yeah, we only listen to our there favorite was no artists. Excuse. Right, there's no there's excuse, no excuse. Not to this this year. Um, I've listened to your list different. a couple of times. I'm still kind of fresh to it, but mm-hmm. I did miss a lot this year that I can't. Like, is there I, anything on forty through twenty that you? Maybe oh my heard god, yeah. For honorable you? mentions, can I just yeah, go ahead some, some and these, honorable mentions? These are all. I mean, <laughs> I liked most of them, minus your. Uh, your inclusion of the flaming lips. Will you return when you come down? Ah. Um, because Wayne coins has flower gun in the uh-huh. first two lines. Um, and I don't I got, think that's, I don't think that's something new. I'm pretty sure he says the, flower gun in every song. I, I don't know, man. It really turned me <laughs> off. <laughs> I, I find because, that interesting because like for like the flaming lips hive, the new album kind of, uh, marked a whole new era. As far as no, to me, it just sounds like Yoshimi again. Like they're always just trying to do Yoshimi again. Like Embryonic didn't sound that way. I thought Embryonic was a great post-punk record. There's there's the there's the weird years, and then there's Soft Bulletin, Yoshimi, War at the Mystic. That ten years, which was like kind of where they were at their indie best, and then Embryonic. Dude, Soft Bulletin was great. Yeah, of course, Embryonic through this album or up until this album is like their freak years where they. I don't know what they were doing. I couldn't follow. I like the terror, but um, this one's like a really calm. And, and that song that's on my list probably doesn't show you, but the whole album is pretty serene and calm. I definitely didn't listen to the whole album. I heard Flower Gun, and I was basically out. <laughs> he was out. All um, right. Well, then it, you're not gonna you're not gonna love it from there. Okay. So you, uh, let's talk about the ones that we've played on Goat Parade this season. Maybe even specifically. No, we played it through both seasons. Um, that were my picks that, of course, you yep. put on the back 20 because you're my pseudo stepfather. Hey, you still golf there. You still <laughs> golf the back nine, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, it's dude, I'm a back nine kind of guy. Um, okay, I don't want to go into yeah, that. Yeah, big means. fan of the 19th hole. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, Joey Badass, The Light, right. off of the yep. EP, The Light Pack. You put that mm-hmm. on there. I appreciate it. This is not a band by Carré. Uh, which oh, yeah. is a horrible French pronunciation of of that I am group. so bummed we never got to see that live. Yeah, you or know what? I mean, the yet. song is called This Is Not A Band. So mm-hmm. so maybe it was meant to be that way. Back to Work by BC Camplight. Which put, I love. You know, that, that one keeps moving up through that list. I mean, I just... It's incredible. Re- I just rewatched Die Hard 2 just because... <laughs> I've been listening to that I song, and I'm like, through watching Die Hard 2. Die Hard 2 is an interesting movie, because really, when you break it down, 
the theme of the movie is you cannot get out of a parking ticket in Washington, D.C. <laughs> unless you stop an entire terrorist organization. And even then, even then, you better have done that to your fullest because, uh, I mean, it's going to be hard to get out of. I think Bruce Willis that plays away. that trope quite a bit. Like even in Armageddon, as they're about to go, I was rewatching Armageddon recently just to hear the Aerosmith song. Oh, um, big time. But Bruce Willis, like, before eyes. they go up and commit suicide on this, like, massive asteroid that's about to right. destroy the planet, they ask for, like, a list of pardons. Like, that's all, you know, that's what it's always, it's always about sending criminals out to do, you know, a decent man's job and then just, yeah. like, forgiving Well, he's them. the working class hero, you know. That's, yeah, that's exactly. He's always, every time he's about to, like, die for his country, he's just like, man, I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> right. It's perfect. Uh, but Die Hard 2 is fantastic. Obviously, Die Hard's the the tried and true Christmas movie, but Die Hard 2 is also set during Christmas. Come on. What's with the Die Hard 2 exclusion? It's fantastic. You can only it's Die Hard Literally called Die Harder. <laughs> uh, you put, actually, this is a fresh one. You put Bill Callahan's The McKenzie's, which we played that slipped in during there, yeah, my year-end last episode, and I have listened to that song at no fewer than 17 times. Yeah, it fucks me up. Since big. that, um, it, it you might want to talk about some in your back twenty-two, but also this is the first time I've ever listened to Da Baby. Oh, really? Do I even? So you, I say it like da I'm baby. old just, and white. Yeah. Da, I just <laughs> now, said is da that D A Baby? baby? <laughs> <laughs> um, first, and and I'm gonna have to go ahead and out myself here. And I, I if wow, you I like said, that one song. Then you'll love everything because everything he writes it's is the, the same, same flow. Okay, cool. It's fantastic. Um, I can't get enough of it. I promise I'm going to stop talking after this, but I have to out myself. When I sent you a text yesterday and I said, wow, this baby track is sick. And you said, yeah, it rips, right? I said, is this top 40? And Cam said, dude, he's the biggest rapper in the world right now. This is how <laughs> really, old we are. I mean, he's, uh, he's, his albums are like number one for on Billboard forever. You know, it's like him, <laughs> Roddy Rich, and like Justin Bieber. You know? I'm it's so like, glad I've been out of the loop for so long. But that Da Baby song's cool. Da I mean, Baby. He's, he's just, yeah, he's just got he's got a great flow. I like like I love his voice. He's fu- he's fun to listen to. I mean, especially if you need to exercise or something, throw on Da Baby. You know, it's you just, exercise. I got an exercise bike. Nice casual drop there. Like, especially like ha- when you're okay, fucking have- pumping iron, you know, if you want to throw on top, baby. Right. And I honestly haven't exercised in months because I'm depressed. <laughs> Cam lift to da baby. <laughs> Give me some of your honorables and then I'm going to shut the fuck up. That's, there's a Bar Too Strange song that we played. Uh, Boomer's in there. Um, Great tune. Can I Believe You, Fleet Foxes. Definitely one of my favorite songs of theirs since their debut album. Um just a beautiful song they had like 200 people send in background vocals over instagram live or or have them like dm to robin and he put them in the song as the chorus background vocals. wow that's fun yeah i thought that was a cool like 2020 thing Uh, (laughs) there's nothing more timely than that yeah Yeah. look over your shoulder buster rhymes featuring kendrick incredible tune wow i mean like i said kendrick could have like taking a piss and send it in an audio file would have made my top four. Kendrick's part so on that bad. tune is incredible. Also, Busta's I really, too. yeah, I really missed Busta and that whole record actually is, is really good. Look over your shoulder yep. is um, this, uh, that's the title track that you brought yeah. on your back 20. Uh, Summer Places is my favorite on the Sam Precop album. Uh, yeah. From, Sam, I've never listened to Sam Precop. I was, he's from the sea and cake. Do you know the sea and cake? No. Oh, okay. yeah. No, I do. Kind of early aughts band, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, but this is he. He 
just does plays with modular synths now and he's great at it he's really really good at it like Uh, just unstoppably good at it um thanks for bringing that i was really excited to hear that uh beach bunny's track promises which we played on the pod we did Um, pressure in my palms uh amine uh portland rapper uh and has some features by slow tie and vince staples on this track I loved how uh, a siren just went by your apartment when you were talking about a Portland rap song. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah, no, that was, I, I put that, that was in, perfect. I put that in my sample. No, that, yeah, that was yeah, real. I mean, That's just you, LA, baby. You're not going to have to do any special effects to this episode. Um, you hated the uh, 1975 song. The one, on t- the, back, the one on the back 20 I did, the one on the front 20, which you're going to talk about here soon, is incredible. What's yep, the one spoiler. on the back 20 called? What was that one if called? If You're Too Shy, Let Me Know, which yeah, is... Yeah, I'm never going to listen to that song ever again. That was that's really on bad. most lists. Uh, it actually took me a while to come around to that song because it was such like an obvious attempt at a single. And the yeah. saxophone solo really rubbed me the wrong way. A lot of their songs are obvious attempts at a single. Although... That one punk song they put out earlier this oh, year, yeah. later last year, that was a single and shouldn't have been a single by them, which I really appreciated. Yeah, and it actually is the strangest song on the album because nothing else sounds like it. Uh, I had a Grimes tune on there. I really like Grimes' album this year, Misanthropocene. Uh, I feel like she that came out in early Feb, so it, it feels like it was a millennium ago. But I really like that album. The Porches song we played on the first episodes in that Great back. tune. Very great tune. That's off of uh, their record this year. Wasn't it called like Ricky Music or Ricky something? Music. Ricky also Music. came out on March 13th, which you know I have a special place in my heart for any band who had a real album cycle and released their album on March 13th. Well, two days before the 15th too, which is the day we all found out that the world was closing down. Right. And was going so, to be stuck in limbo for... Yeah. Probably a full year and a half until it's all done. So, uh, run the jewels. Great tune. In the snow. Great uh, tune. I can't believe the lyrics to that song were written before George Floyd. Uh, yeah, that's just. In, I mean, shows you that the, that kind of thing was happening all the time before the one that the public was all seeing. You of know? course. Yeah. I mean, there's been songs about it for decades. Right. Of um, course. Yeah, a century almost. But so. it's so specific, that line where Killer Mike's like, and then you pin me down and I say I can't breathe. It's just like, whoa. So right. that song blew me away. An unfortunate prescience on that one. But yeah. what an insane song. That album was great. Run the Jewels, all four albums have been great. <laughs> yeah, so RTJ4 was stupid. Um, you also, and we're going to obviously talk about this guy almost too much this episode, I'm sure. But you did put a Petey song on your back 20. and yes. Uh, um, it's called I the started, same chords and it's incredible yeah. off of his EP checking up on buds this year. But I think yeah. something tells me we're going to have to circle back to PD because if we start talking about PD now, we're going to be spending about 45 minutes collectively talking about PD. Yeah. We're psyched to, about PD. <laughs> we're really excited about PD. Yeah. Like uh, I really like this guy, but um, also grounds the idol song that we played yeah, on episode right. nine before before we priv checked them <laughs> yeah but that song slaps so i mean it does slap but talk it, about some pretension this year we you bring a tune and then the next episode we priv check them we're like does that, that episode. suck <laughs> <laughs> was this okay to play is this acceptable right uh, now i mean it definitely was higher on my list before i heard the album and yes even when i hear grounds now i'm kind of like What's with the fee five fo fum thing? Does he need to say <laughs> right. that? Uh, that one scathing article about the song that said, yeah. no, it, it, it needn't matter that the main, one of the main refrains is from a Jack and the Beanstalk. 
reference. <laughs> yeah, I like the best burn. I think on that scathing article was like, I feel like I learned nothing about the singer through his lyrics. <laughs> right. I just for some reason that I'm like, damn, that's such a that's such a mean burn. thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> like I like it's like that Billy Madison. I award you zero points. And may God, may have, God mercy. have mercy on your soul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, let's do the top 20. Also, we're not doing any goat worthy this episode. We're not all doing... of them are goat worthy. Okay, they're all goat. That's right. Yeah, because we are talking about the sultry voice post punk king of Los Angeles's year end top 20. And I just want to thank my overly verbose co host of the Goat Parade Woo! for being here with me. Oh God. man, that flows. It sounds See, now good. Now we got it. Season it three is going to really kill. good. Yeah, you know, season two finale is always when a show gets really good. Anyway, so right. I think yeah. I think this is perfect. The top twenty of twenty twenty. Um, so for number twenty, uh, what I can only describe as fucking stage dive music. We got to start this strong as fuck. Dog legs, Kawasaki backflip. Oh yeah. I'm going to play this song in its entirety, so if you want to say anything about it before. Uh, I will say that this is the first time I've ever heard a dogleg track. Yeah. Um, and it I is wanna their debut. Uh, I want to listen to it again. But... I'm going to chime in after we listen to it. Let's listen right, to it. Let's rock it. That's two minutes that aren't wasted. Woo. No, that that was only two minutes. So yeah, two twenty, I think. Because of like the sweet changes in the tune, 
in that classic like hardcore emo esque way. Mm-hmm. It felt longer than two minutes. Yeah, they owned that sound this year, Dogleg, and and I feel for them because again, their album came out on March thirteenth. Damn, uh, and what I mean, f- what an ill fated Friday that day was. It was Friday the thirteenth too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I think they were really set to you know just stage like have people stage diving and moshing to that song all year all around the world you know it's kawasaki backflip you know <laughs> like, yeah i mean it's that, it's, it's self-explanatory gonna, i mean yeah. that was gonna rule they were they were probably so excited to play that every night all year where know? is dogleg from i know nothing about their detroit they're detroit based oh, cool. uh, their debut album is melee and it came out march 13th on triple crown records i love triple crown there's a video for it where they're just playing in a garage and breaking shit with bats like <laughs> it's no pretension we're, we're not they're not trying to be something that they're not it's just like this no music but is they're killing range. it yeah and uh, it's like the sound's great the, the drum mix on that is the the high hat right mix kind of in particular is Ooh. ridiculous yeah it had some hardcore elements it had some emo elements but also like there were some r- parts reminiscent of sonic youth totally you know it just yeah. had some like really strange art punk presence in there as well i mean more recently it reminds me of one of my favorite fourth wave emo bands the hotelier it has that vibe to it and it which just... was on your list what was that song or that record that you put on your list for best oh uh, that was a uh, best fucks yeah best they were fucks. Num- they were right. way up there on my best fucks um but i'm doing a key lyric for every song in the top 20 okay so what key lyric it? in dog legs kawasaki backflip is will you be the fire or the wind which is the hook Ooh, i like that that's some it's some strong captain planet vibes too <sighs> yeah i love it <laughs> all right this is going good so far we got yeah, all right. I'm loosening up a little bit. Yeah, me too. I'm still drinking coffee. Got to keep Jack. Got to keep it uh, up. I'm just going to be chain smoking this entire episode. I, I just it. moved into a new apartment, so I'm christening it with a pack of cigarettes as we're doing this. Right, so, and you only have a red light on you. It's very Twin Peaks. Uh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> smoking or non, I'll take smoking today. Del- even even you need a delicious cup of coffee. Like look at my mug here. Uh, from the rr oh god dude you are you (laughs) (laughs) number one peaks fan peaky and freaky our sultry voiced post-punk king of los angeles everybody and our overly verbose co-host of the go parade oh my god what a year it's been okay let's get into 19 (laughs) 19 uh is a band from uh houston texas called krungbin um they're out their third album mordecai came out this year uh i believe in around may and uh, this is the fourth track. It's called Father Bird, Mother Bird. And it's just a nice, breezy instrumental. And uh, I'm going to hit you with a quick clip of it, and then I'll tell you a little more. Give me that snippy. Father Bird, Mother Bird uh, from Mordecai, the third album from Krungben on Dead Oceans. What do you think about this one? Man, I, 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 did you say Houston? Houston, yeah. Okay, kind of so, surprising. How, I mean, yeah. I, it, not kind of surprising. It's maybe the most surprising thing of the year <laughs> to me that this band came out of Houston, Texas. Right. Um, I mean, uh, I've, I've heard this Krungben, right? 
Yeah, Krungden, heard, I believe that's right. Everyone who's hip on the scene knows this band right, right. now. Uh, it's just a talking point at all those non-existent parties, like all the Zoom meetings, <laughs> the indie oh. Zoom meetings. Kids are talking about this band right now, right? Yeah, I imagine. Okay, cool. What I'm what I'm calling them because you know they have a little world leaf influence to them. Like, of course, it's urban, but it's like also um, like an urban jungle, or as I'm going to call it, it's like urban outfitters jungle. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, and that might be unfair because they're really talented, and this right. track is no. awesome, and so is everything else I've heard from this group. But that's hilarious because it is oddly trendy. Like this this album was like a trend. You're you're right. It was like a very sceney. I, I heard it on a ton of commercials, not this song in particular, but um, the third track, you and I, I heard it on like three different like beer commercials that were set. And you on know like what? A good for beach. them. Good for them. Yeah, good dude. for them. Like you need that sink money right now more than ever. But I think this song, you know, it's, it's instrumental, so it doesn't have any lyrics, uh, but it's really beautiful because I just was looking it up when I was, when we were, I was preparing for this episode and I found this, this uh, on Genius, this little quote they had written because they they recorded this album in burton texas in a like a barn like a giant barn um and and it says uh, when we recorded mordecai most nights we would retreat to the front porch to wind down each night we would watch a pair of lovebirds fly around together and retreat to their nest on a ledge one night the male was flapping his wings and screaming we thought he'd lost his lady bird the next night however we realized he wasn't upset he was celebrating the birth of three baby birds for the rest of the session, he would sleep on the ledge just outside the nest so his lady and babies could be comfortable in their home. We watched the mother and the father bird teach the babies how to fly. This song is dedicated to that family of birds. <laughs> I thought that was beautiful. I'm sorry. It took everything in my power to not laugh through all of that, and I okay. just had to let it out at the end. Um, listen, no feelings there. Uh, no, I, I am obviously a fan of poetry, um, and that is pure poetry, and I love the approach, and I love the vulnerability. I am the vulnerability king when it comes to like watching lovebirds fly around, mate, and then I get teach it. As their I read children. it out loud, I was starting to laugh myself. It's just, a, a, as a press release, it's just a little much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can imagine if I was in that studio environment, that would be a very moving, Listen, beautiful no, thing. Listen, no, of course, and we all have those experiences in the studio. And I guess you keep, don't really put them we in We can keep bio, them though. to ourselves. You know, like, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a special part of the record right there that you don't need to put into a press release like that. I mean, well, that, that's father that, bird, mother bird. That read like some young adult shit right there. <laughs> Um, but really, Some really urban great outfitters tune. jungle. I, I don't, I don't mean to talk shit. That's mean. Um, uh, no, it's a good tune. I mean, it's check out Mordecai. It's a good album. It's, Man, it's I hear a, a lot it's, of things coming out of Houston, Texas, and I would never ever imagine that that right. came out of Houston. I, so it was an uh, album we needed this year too. When you needed to chill, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when it's cool need... that that's coming out of Houston, honestly, yeah, because when I think of Houston, I think of places that I never want to go or live. Let's move on. This is, dude, this is hot already. How yeah. can it get better than this? Well, it's going to get a lot better. Number 18, we have Freddie Gibbs. God, and the dude, what a record this year. What uh, a record. The album Alfredo, the song, something to rap about featuring Tyler, the creator. Here's a snippet. Fuck me, man. Oh, 
trying to live in 93 and see the old me. When I touch that crack, I let them crackers take it God, that guitar line. Alfredo is one of my favorite guitar albums of the year. It's it's incredible. It's just sexy samples all over. I need to go back and listen to this whole album again, definitely. I mean, Gibbs has put out four albums in the last three years. Um, two with Alchemist and then one of his own, and then last year's with um, Mad Lib, Bandana. And they've all been great. He just really like forms himself around like who he's working with. Like if if it's Alchemist like this, it's a lot of breezy chiller vibes and like mad lips usually a little bit more complex and like um uh, cognitive but he just still just absolutely kills on every track he's got Amazing. an incredible he's got an incredible like vocal cadence and a good range and mm-hmm. his his raps are just incredible alfredo's so. nominated for a grammy it's his oh first wow grammy nominated album is it and, best rap performance yeah best rap album and cool uh, first thing he tweeted, he's like, I got to find me the baddest hoe for the Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? He's not going to have any problem doing so. Also, the Tyler verse on that is fantastic. I love mm-hmm. the way it wraps, the story wraps around. And Tyler also, I mean, that's the thing about this track, why it's on my list, is it's two rappers just who are at the top of their game. Yeah. And Tyler more of just, you know, an overall artist. I mean, like last year's Igor one best rap album at the Grammys, and it wasn't even a rap album. <laughs> <laughs> the Grammys have a a, a complex as yeah. far as mixing up you genres. You could call that racism. That's yeah. the complex. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, key lyric and something to rap about is, of course, God made me sell crack so I'd have something to rap about. I mean, if anyone's going to give you a good reason, it might as well be the big G. <laughs> Woo! That was fun. That got me pumped. We can keep moving now. What are we on we now? What number are we number at? Number 17, we have Eve's Tumor with Gospel for a New Century from his uh, new out al- this 2020s album, Heaven to a Tortured Mind off Warp Records. Let's, uh, let's hit a snippet of that one. Snipped out. I looked you in your eyes. It was over. Because when I really needed you the most, yeah, you were gone. So that was Eve's Tumor Gospel for a New Century. Yes. What do you think? Uh, first time I've ever heard of Eve's Tumor or listened okay. to a song. Um, okay. It's really groovy. It's kind of yeah. it's got a, it's got a, a pop sentiment to it, but it's also kind of insidious. Yes. Um, I can see it working in like a large arena, which is not always the best thing, but I can see it slaying in a large arena. So definitely, I guess that's what I'm getting at. It's interesting just to hear from someone who is new to him altogether, because uh, this is definitely his first pop leaning album. Uh, his last album, Safer in the Hands of Love, which to be honest, is, is a much better album. He, he used to be way more experimental. I mean, he's on Warp, so he, yeah. he used to be more in line with like more of the crazier electronic things but but yeah this this song blew my mind when it came out earlier this year because i'm like okay he's going like that more pop indie i mean 
yeah, there's like elements of like some funk. There's like some, just as much Prince as there's TV on the radio. There is. There's a uh, lot of different genre influences. Yeah. Unfortunately, the rest of the album didn't really catch me like this this advanced single and it's track one, especially compared to their last his last album, Safer in the Hands of Love. But still, just hell of a track. Yeah, it really grooves. Um, and that's the kind of the first thing like that you have on this list. Key lyric I want to take out of uh, that one is since the song was from around March is how much longer till December? <laughs> <laughs> well, Eves, to answer your question about nine years. Yeah, that's about how long it took. It was, uh, it was a rough one. Before we get moving on, um, I want to talk to you about a little beef I have. See if you have the same beef. Oh, if please. You, is, you know you and I share common beefs. So let's This might be me that. being old and maybe your insane younger age... Well, gap yeah, with. I'm seven years younger than you are. There's <laughs> almost a decade generational gap between us. I hate Spotify Canvas. I can't stand it, and I think it's a trend. It's a fad, and I want it to die now. Wait, you hate Spotify what? Canvas. What's it's that? The, the new thing where you're playing a song, you look at the song on your phone, expecting to see the album cover, and it's some gif of like the artist doing a move. <laughs> Really? I've, yeah. I, I haven't noticed. I've, I'm, I'm only on Spotify yet so frequently. I found which out how to turn that. it off, thank God. But yeah, it, it was driving me because I'd be in my car and I'd be like, what does this album cover look like? And you'd hit the song you're on and it'd just go up to like, you know, Maddie from the 1975. It's just, one of it's just Beck like auditing you in a Scientology room. Yeah. Just like, like a video of that. It's distracting. <laughs> that people make album art and single art for a reason. Like, I don't want to yeah. gif of you dancing in like your video that I haven't seen. And now I don't want to see, cause I just see this 1.5 second piece of it over and over. And like all the psychedelic bands try to get really trippy with theirs. Of course. Like, yeah. I especially- don't want it. I want the album cover. <laughs> no, I didn't know it, it was called canvas first of all. And I didn't know that is this taking over like every release or is it just major popular releases? That- it's everyone. Cause you can, everyone can send in a canvas now if you have, you know, your artist Spotify account. So, yeah, it's it's gotten exhausting. I think at the end, Facial even jumped on it. We had a canvas for one of our last songs, and we thought it was so cool at the time, and now I'm so sick of them. Well, because like, no all canvas. you want to do is see the artwork that correlates to the, the music. Yes, of course, that's, because that's that part be of the what, experience. Yes. Yeah, that should be what meets my mind when I'm hearing it, you know? Yeah. Well, and for not, you and I, artwork is really important. I don't know if artwork is as important for everyone Right. as it is us and maybe that's snobbishness i mean but as again like yesterday we were joking about taylor swift's new album art of just her standing in a field like amazed at nature uh, right. <laughs> so like wow i've never been out in a rural area right this yeah just a, even though she's from tennessee just like a white girl standing in a field like what the fuck is this these trees are large they're really <laughs> as big as people say yeah so 2021, let's get rid of Spotify Canvas, everybody. If you don't know and you hate it as much as I can, or I do, go to your advanced settings and there's a place to turn it off. Oh, that's nice. Thanks for letting everyone know that. Yes. yes, uh, You're canvassing against Canvas. This is... I'm going to take to the streets with this one. As, it's as on the nose. As, it's, as soon it's, as it's not like one in every 20 people in Los Angeles have <laughs> coronavirus, because that's getting bleak. Yeah, that's definitely getting bleak, which is why we're moving on to your number what? What are we at now? <laughs> number 16. <laughs> All right, number 16 is a dicey one and uh, probably the only one of the only ones that's going to be like controversial on my list. And that is Car Seat Headrests 
weightlifters the track one on no matter which version you get from making a door less open. Let's take a peek. Back when I had time to dream, I dreamed of ordinary faces, frozen, unexpressed emotions, trapped inside the wax museum. And what my mind had been curating, scandalized my senses, station my face for the red. And I woke up feeling like shit when I saw my ordinary face. I should start lifting weights. Uh, I like it. Um, yeah. obvi- obviously, I'm I'm a big car seat headrest fan. But when I say that, I mean I'm a Teens of Denial fan. Okay, um, Teens of Denial was your album. 2016. It was, that was incredible. It was. A, it has some of the best songs in like that kind of really self evident grunge hipster emo way. Um, I love that record so much. And I haven't listened. I didn't listen to Twin Fantasy. Um, I did not either. I, I, I checked out right then because I, I was good. I've, I had had enough Cartsy headrest at that right. point, I feel like. You had enough of the, the blatant self-knowing lyrics. Yeah, and just, you know, the guided by voices worship and, and For sure. their whole vibe, his, his whole vibe. I was, I was done with it. I really liked uh, Teens of, what was before Teens of Denial? I don't remember. It was 2015, and it was a little bit more lo-fi. It was fantastic. That was Teens of Style, I believe. Teens of Style, yeah. Yeah. I really like that one. Um, yeah. But so as a kind of fan, you didn't hear all the controversy about... Well, not controversy, but basically he... And this does annoy me. First of all, the album is in three different track orders depending on your, which how you purchase it or listen okay. to it. Okay. That annoys is you? It, what, yes, isn't definitely. That, but isn't that an artistic angle? An annoying one, but yeah, if you buy the vinyl, there's a certain, that you hear it in a certain order, CD, different, streaming, a third order. Well, that makes sense because the CD... That's why I said on all three weightlifters is track one, this track. Oh, gotcha. That's across the board. That's a constant, yeah. Well, it's a good track one, no matter how... So wait, hold on. I want to dig into why this this annoys you so much because obviously, you know, as a record, you flip it and sometimes it's better to have the start of side B, a stronger song than it would be on a CD, which is what you're listening to all the way through. And then streaming, you want to put the heavy hitters towards the top five so you can keep people's attention because span See, maybe is if so i heard though. an argument for it like you're giving me right now i i wouldn't be so annoyed by it because that it, actually you kind of makes you sense kinda, right kind of blow my mind with that yeah that's absolutely <laughs> true especially if you just want to listen to side b of an album on record oh yeah you, i'm a big well side up. b fan always huh. like I'm a huge side b guy um, so so to to add to the annoyance of this rollout he uh has a new persona i believe named oh, no. trait no. T-R-A-I-T. <laughs> no. And Trait uh, wears a mask, which um, I guess was kind of weird in February. Oh, but. that's okay. So that's, I watched a song from this record that I didn't like mm-hmm. on Kimmel, and it was called Can't Cool Me Down. Don't really love that song. And the song Hollywood on this album is atrocious. Okay. It's one so. of his worst songs of all time. <laughs> and I'm going to put a PSA out there. If you're writing a song, artist. If you're writing a song about how much you hate Los Angeles, just stop. Yeah, it's just been stop. done. It's always bad. It nobody nobody's best song is that song where they're hating on Los Angeles. I'm just I'm sick of hearing about it. Why would anybody live here? Is the worst song on the photo album. Sorry. Right. Also, just make it a little bit more incognito. 
or you know like yeah, it's just it's just like what do you expect to happen it, like you trash hollywood and the music industry is going to move to wherever you want it to be no dude we've been trashing hollywood for a really long time everyone knows hollywood is trash we don't yeah we, we don't have to revisit that concept anymore you're right about that now that's where you should be annoyed but this yeah. song weightlifters is good man i do it like really this is. song it's like a, see, i feel like the critics that loved that were like the car, car seat headrest darlings thought this was a step back for for them but i think it's a step sideways if that makes sense mm-hmm. like he, they're just trying out some new things. There's a lot more. The drummer is a lot more involved now. He does a lot of electronic stuff. Um, hopefully, they've curbed how much he's talking at live shows. I saw them live, and he had a microphone. And you know, when some sometimes when a drummer has a microphone, and that idea is a disaster. Oh yeah, because they just talk too much. Yeah, they just talk in between songs, and you almost are, you're like, where's that coming from? Exactly. <laughs> See, it's not a problem if you've got three up front, and a four piece band, and your bass player's talking, your lead guitar player's talking, your singer's talking. But when the drummer's talking, it's like. Is this, is this like is this the wizard behind the curtain? Where is the fuck is this an announcement? <laughs> right, yeah, right. <laughs> it's weird. Um, I feel you on that though. As far as the experimentation and the lateral move, I mean, this really does feel like that organic maturation cliche of importing more synth work after you hit that inevitable guitar rock wall. Right, like, and for a lot of people, this is his third album to like you know the major labels, and but this is right in, in actuality like his twelfth album. He had, he had right, like yeah. eight or nine on Bandcamp before. Of he course, got didn't discovered. Sub Pop like pick up all of his bedroom demos basically? Yeah, and he re most of his first two albums are, that are on Matador is just him like re-recording those songs. Well, it was a. It, I think it's a good addition, honestly, and I like. I love the song. I, I listen to it a lot. Don't listen to the rest of the album. It's kind of like it, there's a lot of synergy and like a weird. I, I hate the word, but I said it. <laughs> yeah, not, that, talk about a triggering word on my top twenty that I found while researching it. That like just songs next to each other that kind of vibe next to each other. Like this in the Eve's Tumor song are both track one on an album that otherwise I find forgettable. <laughs> right. So uh, these aren't all. And for the listener too, these aren't all singles. These are just, this is Definitely just your not. top 20. These are my favorite songs of the year, uh, which I think are the best. Therefore, they're the top 20. <laughs> well, th- if you think they're the best, of course, they're the best. Yes. Minus this next one that you're going to get into. I don't know if, I don't know if I'm into this, but talk oh, about I got, it. I got, no, there's so much love from people that aren't you or some of my other closest friends. I haven't <laughs> met a good Jeff Rosenstock buddy yet, but once I do, we are going to get drunk all night and rage to post Listen, man. worry and no dream, baby. You know that this is in my wheelhouse as far as yeah, genres I was, concerned. I was actually excited. Maybe you'd like it. Um, I've heard a little bit of Rosenstock. I'm not the biggest fan, and I know he's had a couple of really great releases over the past couple of years, but some of it is just too on the nose for me. This song is too on the nose for me, but he still has that like prepubescent fucking punk angst vibe that obviously you and I uh, are catered to, you know, for better or for Um, worse. The song is Ohio Turnpike. It's the final song on his uh, album that came out on May 27th, No Dream. And it was a much needed album. The, the, the album came out while we were all in the midst of quarantine and right at the start of The Racial Injustice. And it was just the perfect, these albums that come out and when you need like that political angst, punk rock, he's just there for you. That's Jeff Rosenstock. That's awesome. And to get back to that idols thing, maybe he's maybe this like a release like this in this time seems a little bit more sincere than idols. Right. Uh, Cause he didn't write it because this, ha- he wrote it and then ended up dropping it as this was happening. You right. Know, it was very, it was a lot more honest, I guess. I yeah. Don't... Transparent and feel good too. Yeah. 
huger fans than I am. I, I, I usually like about half the album. Um, and this song just hit me so hard because it is it is a, quite a long ender, especially for a pop punk song. It's over five minutes. Just the key lyric, because we've all been there where, you know, if you're touring all the time and you're also heartbroken, like there's that's just a very specific. <laughs> it's a very specific feeling. I don't even want to continue this episode after you brought that up. I can't tell you how many times I felt that way. Uh, but the ending of the song when everything breaks down this is the key lyric from it is i miss coming home i miss coming home to you i hate coming home i hate leaving home and it just fucking rips my heart out yeah, every time i get there in that song and well luckily I, this year we haven't been able to feel that so i guess that's maybe a silver lining oh so uh ian cohen a writer i like quite a bit um actually wrote the album review for no dream and he singles out this song, and I'm going to read you a printout so you can laugh at it. I can't wait. I'm going to, I'm going to save my laughter to the end, obviously. <laughs> no Dream Closer Ohio Turnpike is dedicated to the only person I ever wanted to like me. And it starts out like so many other love letters from the road. Counting the dashes in the median on the ride home, songs shared on a summer night, a simple connection on FaceTime, easing loneliness better than a room full of fans. Ohio Turnbike morphs to embody any number of quintessentially American rock bands. Bruce Springsteen, Against Me, Wilco, Built a Spill, and the mood shifts just as quickly as Rosenstock recognizes how everything required to make a life on the road work at his age gets less resilient. The phone calls get shorter, the reunions more awkward, agitated, more desperate, more definitive. I hate coming home, I hate leaving home. If it was written by someone who showed even the slightest bit less commitment to their craft and cause than Jeff Rosenstock... I'd take Ohio Turnpike as a retirement announcement. Okay, I have nothing to laugh at uh, about that. That's just that well written. That's, <laughs> I, it's well written, but also it, it hits. I mean, it, it, that hits. I, I, yeah. underst- I understand now. Like, I understand. He, he uses that kind of, like, that's what I'm trying to explain about the power of the song, but he says it way better than I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're still articulate, man. You're sultry voice <laughs> and you're a post-punk king. So... <laughs> Uh, you know you know how to speak you know how to give good mic but that that particular part about uh the counting the medians and the awkward Mm -hmm. reunions and the angst and how as you're getting older making the road work just doesn't seem as feasible yeah and rosenstock's probably in his 40s by now i mean he's been in punk bands for and he has he has a cult following as he should big time for for my next track, number 14, uh, I'm going to play this whole thing, if you don't mind. No, let's jam so it. we can vibe on it. This is uh, Dead with Desire off their sophomore album, Flower of Devotion. <laughs> Baby, 
Desire. Dead. What do you I think? really, really like that song. Me too, man. Can you tell me a little bit about Dead? I know nothing about them. Uh, they're a Chicago band, um, and I don't know that much about them either. I believe it's a three-piece. Um, obviously, two singers, male, female. To me, at least this song kind of gives me like an X meets Harlem vibe. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely um, see that. And and again, just like a couple of the previous ones, not a huge fan of the whole album. I like I like some of the songs uh, quite a bit, but this stands out as track one so much. Just I love how she screams desire over yeah. him, sing, and it's it's just a powerful track to me, especially it's, for a three piece. It's kind of got an art rock feel to it too. Oh, big time! Like big time. I even like if if the Velvet Underground was from a different generation. Maybe this song would have fit into that. that somewhere. Oh, I, I hundred a hundred percent agree with that. Um, uh, my key lyric on it is "You are my dream, desire, let me out," and that's all saying. <laughs> like, I just I just love how the "Let me out, let me out" let yeah. with the desire over it. It's a I mean, it's a hell of a fucking song, especially vocally. Um, it's a lot of sound for a three piece too. If they're actually yeah. a three piece, that's that's. Uh, as far as the arrangement goes, it really works out in their favor. Sometimes that's yeah. difficult to do to achieve that type of large, expansive sound as a three-piece, and they seem like it, to be doing it quite well. If you listen to more of the album, too, the drummer is very creative in some ways that I think just generally don't work. <laughs> but <laughs> but I applaud the uh, the effort. Um, so yeah, Flower of Devotion is the second Dead album, and that song's Desire. Uh, okay, we're getting into thirteen. Here we go. Woo, I can't wait to talk about her. Oh, God, this discourse. I mean, it's. Oh, I wish the song wasn't so good so we didn't have to talk about her. Because you hate that she's in the press all the time, right? That's your, that's your number she, one quip with this artist? I, I, I'm just sick. I'm sick of hearing about her. I, I, I like her music, but I'm sick of hearing about her. It's Phoebe Bridgers with Kyoto off her sophomore album Punisher on Dead Oceans. Um, here's a clip. Okay, let's start talking about Phoebe Bridgers. Well, I personally think she's an, an obvious, like an indie dream woman here. She's a Bell and Sebastian fan. She's beautiful. She's hilarious. Yeah, I had to send you that Bell and Sebastian tweet. I thought you'd love that. Yeah, and it, it, uh, for the listener out there, it's simply Bell and Sebastian go so hard, which is oxymoronic, but at the same time, for Bell and Sebastian fans, that's the only thing we feel when we're listening to them, but nobody else does. I feel like she, she said something, she tweeted something for you recently and something to pan me just as recently she also tweeted you can't be a podcaster unless your favorite band is the mountain goats and i which, that twisted a, <laughs> <in me. laughs> which hits the nail of your head drives it so deep as the last one into the <laughs> coffin of actuality which is what you are that tweet encapsulates everything that you are so i mean this was phoebe bridger's year yeah without a doubt and she deserves it, it. What t- what ended up happening is is she she's an, as an artist she's absolutely pandemic proof. She's built for this. Yeah. She doesn't want it. The whole this song's about how she doesn't even want to tour. She doesn't want to do all the things. She wants to sit in her bed 
and play her songs. And for the most part, that's what she did all year yeah. on live TV. It was... <laughs> I mean, Obama just put this song on his favorite songs of 2020 wow. list. Wow. And this song is, again, Phoebe Bridger's Kyoto, right? Yeah. yeah okay. um, it is a fucking great song. It I is. Mean, the, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's just one of those songs from the first time you hear it, you're like, oh, well, this is good. And then the lyrics, as you get into it, are just way too fucking good. Yeah, she's an incredible lyricist. Can you give me a couple or at least give me your key? My key lyric is, I'm going to kill you if you don't beat me to it, which still fucking just fucks yeah. me up. Um, I, I believe a lot of the song is about her father and her relationship with her father. God damn it, this one. Um, I wanted to see the world till I flew over the ocean and then I changed my mind. <laughs> wow. She's she's great. This song the song has a great feel to it. I mean, I'm just I'm just sick of constantly hearing the next thing that Phoebe Bridges does. Like Phoebe Bridges <laughs> Here's Phoebe Bridges with Matt Berninger. Here's with Connor Oberst. Here's Phoebe Bridges with Phoebe Waller Bridges. Uh, it's exhausting. <laughs> here's Phoebe Bridges eating a mint chocolate chip ice cream cone. Right, exactly. Yeah. And it would be like on the cover of Rolling Stone. Right, exactly. You know, she's uh she had a huge year and that's I mean, she, like I said, she's pandemic proof. She wants to stay home and do everything from her from her living room and her bedroom. She even had, when she released Punisher, she had a world tour where she played from her kitchen, her bathroom, her bedroom, and like her living room. Wow. Over over like a week long. And stru's, as we talked dates. about, maybe last episode, she just covered Iris by the goo, right? She, she During the elections, she said, if Joe Biden wins, I will cover Iris by Goo Goo Dolls. She made good on her promise. Tying up so, loose threats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes balls to cover the goo, though. So yeah. it's yeah, been absolutely. it's been a good year, and she's worked hard, and it's a great song. It's true. So, I'm not yeah. I'm not talking any like shit on her by any means. I'm just I'm I've reached an exhaustion level of hearing about her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving swiftly along. What do we got next? Number twelve. You knew there was gonna be a nineteen seventy-five song, and here it is. It's I think there's something you should know off their fourth album, Notes on a Conditional Form. something you should know al uh i think there's something you should know as well so okay what's that we've already talked about 1975 this episode and i don't need to beat this dead horse any more than i have to i am completely on the fence if the listener does not know that by now they haven't been listening but it's the not one a podcast on- unless one person likes the 1975 and the other doesn't that's that's just great that's great chemistry <laughs> yeah opposites attract because there are yeah. only two types of people out there right now right pro uh-huh. And con 1975. Um, you got to pick a side. I and I do have a side. Okay, I'm going to say con then. But I do like this song, even though it's got strong Buddha bar compilation vibes. No, um, no, elaborate on that because you said that, and I'm not sure what that is. Okay, so you don't, you don't remember the Buddha bar comps? You could buy them in I don't know, like cost pluses. It's uh, like happy it's, hardcore. Or like it's it's a compilation, but it's all about like. Uh, tropical remix, like easy listening <laughs> remixes. Um, so yeah. it's definitely got Buddha Bar comp vibes. 
like you're at a pool bar in Ibiza or something. Yeah. Like okay. That. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> oh, no. But this is this is in the midpoint of notes on a conditional form, and it's behemoth twenty two tracks. This is basically the start of the second half, and it's when it gets kind of you know tropical remixy in this album. There's so many different vibes. And that's why I love Notes. It's 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 uh, it's a playlist album. It feels like, or like a mixtape almost. Right. You know, you can listen to big sections of it. Like, there's if you're like, I want to hear the symphonic sections of Notes, or I want to hear the more electro, like dark vibe, or like there's a ton of acoustic too. I mean, it's 22 tracks. Um, it's not sequenced right at all. <laughs> yeah, I remember you live texting me this record as you were listening wild to it. Sequel. There's yeah. like three symphonic pieces before you get to the second song. Weird. But I love the piano sample, and I, I think there's something you should know. It's just, it hits right. I, uh, it's a, a, a weed-smoking song of mine for sure. Definitely. Um, interestingly enough, and again, in this, this list synergy, um, both Stop Kyoto. saying that word. You got to stop saying synergy. That's <laughs> the sorry. second time. That's two times. It won't too be much. the last. <laughs> <laughs> both Kyoto and this song, when I looked them up on Genius, both artists, Maddie Healy and Phoebe, both said these songs were about imposter syndrome. Oh, okay. Before, um, before reading about that, I didn't even know what that honestly really meant. And my wife broke it down for me. She's like, it means they're posers. <laughs> Well, the that's that's uh, I've known about imposter syndrome a couple of years because I've I've definitely felt that way and uh-huh. I've had too many therapists in my time to not know about imposter syndrome. I think there's a misconception about imposter syndrome now that we're talking about it. Um, you think the imposter syndrome is a like a psychological defect where you think you are misled, but in fact you are quite right. Uh. So you like in a room full of people, you feel like you're the only wrong one, even though you're the only right one and everyone else is wrong, but you can't mm. make the correlation between the two warring sides. So it def- you definitely feel like a poser, a self-imposed poser. Well, which is why I think the lyric, I think there's something you should know is him talking to himself. Oh, for sure. Definitely. That, that would have to be a mirrored thing. Yeah. yeah. And it makes a lot of sense about Kyoto too, as we were, you know, as you were going right. over some of the, those lyrics, they make more sense now. Right. I, she was saying like flying all over the world and having these fans, she, she didn't feel like she ever deserved it. Or of course, this isn't her life. Like, right. how could it be? There's a dissociation involved. Exactly. In like yeah. a disassociation. Yeah. All right. Well, um, number 11, we're almost in the top 10. We got <laughs> oh my one God. More. It's getting hot in here. It's going to get hot with this one. Um, this album actually blew my mind this year because I'm not typically a fan, but this song in particular from Haim's third album, Women in Music Part 3, Gasoline. Do you want to say anything? Because I'm going to just play this whole track. Uh, we not? should definitely listen to Gasoline. And it's, did you say in its entirety? We should say Sure, let's thing. do yeah, it. This is great. Smoked pack. 
Gasoline, baby. This song rules, and I I just feel like such a noob because I haven't listened to a lot of Haim. Right. Um, th- this is the first song that I've actually committed to, and it's mm. in- it's incredible. What a song! I want you to give me some information about the song if you can. Though. I heard a couple of their advanced singles before the album came out, none of which ended up on the album, and um, they were okay. I was like, damn, this new Haim's actually kind of piquing my interest, just because you know. It's always kind of been, you know, that throwback Laurel Canyon vibe with with a pop sensibility. And then I saw them play this song in the Forum parking lot during quarantine, obviously. Like they set up in the parking lot of the Forum and Danielle Heim drums the song while singing. And you know I'm a sucker for that. Of course. And, Who isn't a sucker for that? Right. Especially because this drum beat's not, it's pretty technical. It's It's poppy, but it's not easy especially right. while you sing this song and i just fell in love immediately with the song i was yeah. like wow that's a pop hit right there like how am i not hearing this song on the radio all the fucking time and it's sexy you know and you it's f- very sexy yeah. it is um lyrically it's very sexy i'll get into that but also you look through the credits on genius and you realize uh rostam you know rostam from yeah Fame of course rostam he he was heavily involved in a lot of this album but this song in particular he i think he wrote it with the girls and you you can kind of get his sensibility in this of song course. as well of course yeah he's he's becoming a master of like pop production almost on a level of jack antonoff or anything in that in that field so good for him uh the key lyric is you ready for this you're going to you're going to take <laughs> you're going to I in the mean, bridge, she says, we're watching the sunrise from the kitchen counter. When you lie in between my legs, it doesn't matter. We're going to have to stop here because Ooh. that's incredible. And it's, yeah, at, I know these girls rule, obviously. Like, they, they've been putting out, you know, massive records that are, you know, probably chart-topping, right? I mean, they're they've one got, of the, I mean, this, this album was on every year in the list. I didn't see course. it not in the top 10 anywhere and in yeah. in the whole album is very strong i after i heard the song i listened to the whole thing it all like every song's kind of a single you're like why aren't all these songs on the <laughs> it's crazy well i think they they're kind of a hit machine at this point too right they i are. feel like yeah. family bands have a tendency to do that and i usually don't stray towards family bands especially when dad's like a producer or something you know yeah there was a of- lot of pushback when they first came out because of that vibe it almost for some reason it kind of feels like i don't know for some reason they had the vibe like they kind of cheated their way to the front of the line does that make sense it does i think we feel that way just because our fathers aren't 
or like fathers right. or mothers or family aren't like popular producers. Exactly. Um, so, or someone but, who's had like a long decorated career, which is always, you know, a pass to the front, which is okay. I mean, you got to take advantage of that. It's definitely fine by now because they've, they've proved themselves time and time yeah, again. All especially with a song like been, this. Yeah. yeah. Especially with a song like this. So yeah, I'm, I'm hundred percent a fan by at this point. Well, shit, should we get to the top 10 of the... The top 20 of 2020. Are you ready to get in the top 10? Yeah, let's do the top 10. I'm feeling really excited about the top 10. Yeah. All right, well, number 10 is a song called Guilty Conscience from 070 Shake off her al- debut album, Modus Vivendi. And you were going to bring this for a Goatworthy, but you chose something else. Do you remember that? It was the very first Goat Parade episode i chose the porches song which is way farther back on my list over this which i regret no not necessarily i love the porches song but this song stayed with me a lot more than the porches song i mean they're both good in their own right right but yeah this song just what a powerful chorus Everything about the song is pretty powerful. Can you give me some details about 070 Shake? Because I don't, I'm not. Her, her name is Danielle uh, Babuena. Okay. I believe. Um, I believe she's from Jersey. And I believe the whole 070 thing is a like collective. And almost all their artists start with 070. Okay. So she would just be Shake then. I guess. I'm not really 100% clear on all of it. I know she also goes by Danny Moon, uh, which she writes poetry through. Oh, cool. Have you um, read a, Have you read her poetry? I actually have this printout from um, what she says about this song because this song is I, I, I thought her her voice is very um, like ambiguous as far as whether or not it's male or female. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, and I didn't really know when I first heard this song um, and because of the content, I thought it was a male singer uh, singing about uh, seeing a loved one cheat on them. Um, so when I found out it was female, I was like, oh, okay, it was about a female seeing a female cheat on someone. But this is the printout. She, she says, um, the single was teased October 29, 2019 via an Instagram post featuring a small video with a snippet of the song. The official music video for the song opened with a premise written like a poem. And here's that poem. Although I'm not a boy... I wanted to display a boy being broken, how he manages his sadness when he is not allowed to cry. From young, a boy must create a shell that protects him from his own emotions. But when that shell cracks, it creates an intense amount of vulnerability where the boy must replace the shell with actions that make him seem as if the shell never broke. He replaces the shell with ego, desire, and pride. That's incredible. Yeah, right? Oh my God. And the concept of the poem credited to Danny Moon, uh, 07 of Shake, under a new alias, is to express the song's topic and theme. So if you listen to that, or if you hear that poem before you listen to the song, it just adds so much gravity. Let's go ahead and do an A-B contrast here of two press releases that couldn't be more night and day that you've read over your top 20 list thus far. The Kroon Bin, 
one about the lover birds and this one about the fragile male ego but right so like the fragile male ego wins that toss-up as far as i'm concerned because the substance to it is so guttural and and primordial and just like it it adds an entire new dimension new listening dimension to the song yeah the the point of view is technically from this broken shell of a man which for some reason is exactly the picture i had in my head when i first heard it Uh, i I just i just think it's a really powerful song and i I feel like it should have been on the radio i mean i know i know she um is getting more notoriety she's on def jam but oh she is she came from, or she was really discovered in the Kanye West uh, Wyoming album. She she sings the hook on uh, Ghost Town, and it's fantastic. It's the only song on that album I actually really <laughs> like at all. And you're a huge Kanye fan. So. I am not. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I used to be. <laughs> all right. Uh, the key lyric on that song is, I caught you, but you never caught me. I was sitting here waiting on karma. Whoa. Yeah. How many times have we felt that? Ah, right. Also, I got to bring it up. It's stupid, I know, but I feel like me and my wife are going to be like, how, co- how would we not bring this up? We listened to the song a million times this year, and before I knew the lyrics, I thought the main chorus lyric was, I caught you pitching in the cod meat. I know that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't, unless you're like a sailor in the 16th century. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing I was like, but if you listen to the song, it's I I caught you, but you never caught me. But if you hear it as I caught you pitching in the cod meat, you will be convinced that's what it says. You might just want to go ahead and play that snippet right here just so people can hear it. I caught you pitching in the cod meat. There it is. Yeah. yeah. It's it sounds like I caught you pitching I in the cod meat. I caught you pitching in the pitching or pigeon? Pitching. Pitching. <laughs> so I caught you pitching in the cod meat. That sounds like you're jacking off onto a fish. I didn't want to break down what I thought that might mean, and I'm glad you did. Because now, <laughs> now I won't say that anymore. Caught you pitching in the cod meat, my friend. Oh. Really great number ten installment. I don't think it can get any better than that. I'm gonna go ahead and let you try, though. Okay. Well, number nine is the first, I believe, in our top twenty that has been featured here on the Goat Parade, and that's Bonnie Light Horseman's second song off their self-titled debut, "Deep in Love." No. That was from episode two, I believe. That was from episode two. I'm glad you brought this in again because what a tune. And also this guy uh, who's in this group, Josh Kaufman, hasn't he been popping up all over the place? We're going to get into that more, but absolutely. In fact, these three uh, multi-instrumentalists have in general all year, I've noticed. Uh, uh, this Josh Kaufman guy, not only did he do that thing with Paul Banks, right? The Muzz band. True, Muzz, yeah. And it, didn't he co-write or didn't he have something to do? And you would know because you just did quote-unquote research on Taylor Swift. Doesn't he have a hand in the Swift I'm stuff sure he right does. now, too? I mean, he's been working with everyone this year. And yeah. in, in a track featured or a track a couple farther notches up on my list, he uh, played on as well. 
Wait, so did we'll did get... he just come out of nowhere, or did he? I guess I mean these are all seasoned musicians. Uh, again, as as the writer Ian Cohn would call them, they're part of the Justin Vernon cinematic universe. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> Which I love that term because he has a festival and um, what's it called? Where he's from? Yeah, I can't remember the the, the town. But um, that's kind of a folk woodsy festival. What I didn't know about Bonnie Light Horseman when I originally brought this song in is all these songs are not covers, but reinterpretations of classic folk um, arrangements. Oh, okay. So they so just like took, song, they took the bones and then gussied it up with different yeah. deliver, vocal deliveries and, and lyricisms? Like this song, Deep in Love, I'm going to read this this little readout here. Uh, the second song from Bonnie Light Horseman's debut is a song about deep love. It interpolates the traditional Oh Wally Wally, a song originally collected by Cecil Sharp from Mrs. Caroline Cox, High Ham on August 8th, 1905. Oh, wow. Okay. But earlier roots of the song go even further back to the traditional Down in the Meadows, which is the opening line which uh, was published in 1803 by engraver and music seller James Johnson in the sixth volume of Scott's Musical Museum. So the whole record is reinterpretations. Yeah, and even crazier, even farther down, the song can be traced down to a poem called The Unfortunate Swain, which is known to be recorded around 1776. Oh my God. Which has the lyrics, If there's a thousand in the room, my true love has the highest bloom. Sure, she is some chosen one. I will have her or I'll have none. So it's this kind of like sweltering cooktop pot of just all of these different things and literary references and arrangements and orchestrations from the past meld into like a modern interpretation mm-hmm. of folk. Is that the whole would, record? I yeah, wish I would have which, known that when you played it because I would have been I listening to the record so much more this year. It, it adds a lot more authenticity and... Um, just intelligence to just what sounds like well done folk music, you know? Yeah, no, it, and it's not even just like the backstory required to sell a piece of art. It's an actual commitment by the artist to do something new with something old, which right. is a beautiful journey and process when it's done well. So yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we could refamiliarize us and recontextualize Bonnie Light Horseman. I feel like it was slept on on a lot of year endless because it came out in late January, right. which in 2020 was 20 years ago. It definitely. Everyone <laughs> has forgotten what happened earlier this year. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, January and February were, I guess, normal. It doesn't feel that way in retrospect. Like no. looking back on it, you could feel, you know, like when, when you feel there like was, an, an there earthquake was company, yeah. <laughs> like when you, when you know something bad's about to happen, you keep filling your gas tank up just in case. <laughs> like that's that sounds what, like my dad my dad's always like make sure your gas tank's full exactly that's what january and february felt like yeah <laughs> just your dad reminding you to keep <laughs> yeah, gas right. tank full. yeah exactly i remember i had a uh big friend gathering uh brunch at casita del campo one of mm. my favorite places in silver lake to go for margs and you know um some good ass mexican food and it was on march 1st with a, a, f- a f- couple of friends that were from New York that were getting married, supposed to get married in July of this year, late July. And uh, we were just all talking about the wedding and their honeymoon. And every there was just that air of like, everybody's like, nobody say anything about. Right. Yeah. And that was March 1st when we kind of knew about it. We, we haven't gotten too emotional in, in here, but I mean, just the fact, I, I'm sorry to get emotional with you, but but just the fact that we've, gotten to december you and me and we're okay and 
and you know we're we're still going and keeping up somewhat positive attitudes is is kind of amazing. And we're I trying, thank you for, and we have. I thank each, you for being there for me, and I but, try to be there for you. And I don't want to get too sappy, but hey, listen, it's you being there for me is basically just you making up for me not being invited to your wedding. So, <laughs> so it's all oh, okay. coming full circle. And uh, Cam, to get emotional with you because I'm probably your most emotional friend. You have helped me through so much of this year, man. So I appreciate that. You, you to you as well. So thank you for that. And we're really good at faking positive when the mics are turned on. Yeah. Even though yeah. I'm talking about almost every episode, what a bad mood I'm in. I've noticed that recently. <laughs> <laughs> I like to take you out of your bad mood. I like to think I can do that. You do a good job of it. Also, wow, number eight. We also what? see the synergy on this list. We also played on the goat parade. That's right. the third, that third time season. you've said synergy. Uh, on a recent episode, I believe it was in the second season, with Leanne LaHavis's cover of Weird Fishes by... Oh, are you going to bleep that one out? You have to. Yeah. yeah. You, you got to keep the joke strong. Let's familiarize ourselves with this one. It's funny that a cover is in your top 10. That kind of shows what a weird year 2020 has been as well. It also, but it singles out this cover because there's usually never a cover in my top 10. No, this is completely different. Radiohead, of course. Mm -hmm. It's it's insane, but I mean, am I wrong? It's almost gets, it's almost getting better. Every time I listen the song, to it. the cover, the cover, yeah, yeah, and also Leanne LaHavis is just such a badass. Um, oh yeah, so I looked more into her. She she spent she kind of got big from Prince's last year. She was like a featured vocalist in Prince's band. Oh no way! Yeah, crazy. So I've seen her on stage then because I saw him in those last couple of years. Yeah, she probably did. And uh, also looking into this, this cover is recorded live. No. It's just insane. You know what? It evokes that because it mm-hmm. definitely has a jazz club feel to it. Um, right. But the the execution is flawless. So, of course, you wouldn't think that humans would be able to do something like that. This is a blurb about it from uh, Rolling Stone, actually. LaHavis has been covering the song live since her 2012 debut, but only recorded a studio version with her band last year following her 2019 performance at Glastonbury. After recording the track, she made a decision that would guide her new work. She says, the rest of the album needs to be like this. It's got to be my band, and I've got to do it in London whenever people have time. She says, Tom York's lyrics suggest finding a way out, and he used the imagery of the bottom of the sea and the unusual creatures that you might find there. For me, the deep means the unknown. When you get out of something so familiar, it can be scary, but he also says, I hit the bottom and escape. God. And I think that's real poignant because I would say my key lyric on this song is usually, (laughs) I'd be crazy not to follow, follow where you lead your eyes. They turn me. Right. That's always been my favorite lyrical passage of the song. But on her cover, it's simply hit the bottom and escape. Right. Yeah, because she delivers it with such power. Absolutely. Yeah. That is, she just, makes that part her own 
she really makes the whole song her own, which is, as we've discussed in the past, as musicians, really important to make a song your own. Because if you're just doing a cut and dry rendition or like a genre specific approach to a cover, it's not good enough. You have to try harder than that. Yeah, totally. Uh, Especially with a band like Yes. Um, also, I'd be it's not to bring up because this is some way weird synergy. <laughs> That's the fourth, fifth time you've said synergy. Wow, it's you might have around to bleep September. Those <laughs> <laughs> this album came out around September, and so did an album by an artist called Kelly Lee Owens. Her okay. sophomore album, Inner Song. Okay. And her album starts with a cover of Arpeggi, also this song. And it's Weird. a very different cover. It's it's vocalist. It's it's all electronic, and it's also fantastic in its own right. Was it the but year find, of covering Radiohead? But only the same song. And the thing that <laughs> killed, that blows my mind is Leanne Le Havis called hers "Weird Fishes," not "Weird Fishes slash Arpeggi", like the song's right. called. And Kelly Lee Owens called hers "Arpeggi." They didn't overlap at all. I find that so interesting. These releases are in cahoots as well, right? The, I mean, they both came out in September. It's crazy. Whoa. Yeah. So, do they know uh, each other? Do I have t- no idea. You might have to do some further investigation into that one. It's Sherlock. definitely weird. I mean, I apparently, I mean, it's very of its time because, I, I mean, In Rainbows, as we talked about, is kind of the Gen Z, okay, computer for, sure. for a lot yeah. of people. So it's the, the album that probably has stayed with them the most. I don't know. Interesting little tidbit. Very interesting, especially since they both came out in the same month, both utilized each half of the song title. Yeah. And, and also, Leanne Havis definitely sounds like a Weird Fishes, and Kelly Leone's sounds like an arpeggi. An arpeggi. How odd. Yeah. Synergy. Synergy abound. Synergy <laughs> abound. <laughs> well, number seven, to bring some more synergy around, is uh, the song... Fire by Waxahachie off her fifth album, St. Cloud. Do you want to say anything? Because I'm going to rip this one. I'm just going to let it play. The whole thing? Yeah. Let's rip it. We'll talk about it afterwards. It ain't enough 
fire, Waxahachie hey, of St. Cloud. Are they a Tennessee band? She makes a Memphis reference. The song's and- written... While she was written while she was driving through Memphis. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. What do you think of that one? I, I know as, as, as a Nashville boy, I feel like, I don't know. I'm curious on your thoughts of, on Waxahachie in general. I really enjoy that song. The only two Waxahachie songs I've ever listened to are the ones on your top 40, though. Okay. So this one and the one on the back end. What was the mm-hmm. one on the back end? Lilacs, also a fantastic song. It's this, a good but- tune. Um, I obviously, again, have seen this name all over the place. It's just not something that I've ever actively listened to. And if I've heard it in the background somewhere, I wasn't able to identify it. I like mm-hmm. this song. It's really yep. groovy. Um, it, it has a lot of what, as far as like the popular trends, it has a lot of that, what's going on right now, as far as R&B, a lot of single note palm mute picking, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of like funk R&B guitar vibe to it. Uh, but the Which one of the songwriters mo- is Josh Kaufman from Fun Night <laughs> Dude, <laughs> what is this guy not doing right yeah, now? Yeah, right. I'm kind of excited about this guy. Like, is, is yeah. he the new, is he the new, uh, fuck, what's it, or Blake Mills. Blake Mills, right. Blake Mills. Um, Or Aaron Desner, like just getting in there and producing everyone. This song's my favorite off her album, St. Cloud, which I I don't think it's my favorite album of the year. It's but I will say it is the most consistent album of the year. Like every song is is fantastic. Well, that's your number seven, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um but the album is fan just St. Cloud. And the whole album is about her finding her sobriety. And you can kind of feel that in the lyrics and, yeah, and the vibe of it. And, and her other albums are a little bit more rock or electro-based. And this one's just kind of straight-up Americana. Um, but the songwriting is just incredible. Well, yeah, you're um, definitely impacted when you get off the sauce, if that's what you know her sobriety entails. Whenever you yeah. quit something that's controlling your life, you just kind of by default and by virtue of that, you just lay bare a much more vulnerable process of songwriting. Um, There's no, there's nothing to obstruct you getting in touch with like the darker recesses of your actual feelings. And that does. Yeah, you're right. The track definitely evokes that. Yeah. That brings us around to the key lyric because I I read an interview. This song is her singing to herself. Yeah. um, During getting, getting sober and my key lyric, this is, this is probably the best lyric I'm going to read on this whole top 20 is I take it for granted if I could love you unconditionally, I could iron out the edges of the darkest sky. <sighs> advice to oneself. <sighs> I know. And we could just take that advice. I know, as, I know like right? the, the greatest human defect ever is not being able to learn from anyone else's mistakes. Like that's yeah. the biggest design flaw we have. If yeah. that was the case, we could just go talk to a bunch of people who've made mistakes, learn from them, and then never make those mistakes. Yeah, like so. mistake empathy. That would be yeah. nice to have. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not something we're born with, that's for sure. No. But yeah, that that song, it, it, it Fire was like number 20, 19, then it was number 16, then it was 12, and like oh, it, it moved Oh, it made its way. way down. It just kept finding it. I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, it might be at number two. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I love that song, and it just keeps getting better and better. Um, listen to St. Cloud, her album. It's on all the year end list. It usually is at, right at number two on all the year end list this year. Really? Yeah. Um, of course, Fiona Apple took the number one spot on almost every I, album. List. I'm surprised I didn't see anything from Bolt Cutters on your list. Uh, I liked, I just, I just, I, I feel like a poser because I'm not a huge yeah, Fiona Apple. Yeah, no, of course, I feel you. In general, my wife got When the Pawn 
uh, on vinyl because they re-released that. I love that album. That's that an fantastic. incredible album. Yeah. But Bolt Cutters is definitely great. I'm just, I'd f- yeah, like I said, I'd feel like a poster. I, I feel it. like I'd putting it on there just to be like, I get it too, guys. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like, it's like before you ever listened to a punk record, you went out and bought a Misfit shirt. You're right. like, oh, that skull's cool. I'm going to wear this. And then someone's yeah. like, hey, you fuck. Yeah. What's your favorite Misfit song? Am I speaking for a friend right now? Yeah, I'm speaking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, of course. That's not you. <laughs> you know, like they, they play hardcore music, right? And then you listen to it. You're like, this is basically like Wait. David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't okay six are we on are we at six yep, now and you're about six. to say fucking synergy again here we go with synergy <laughs> I'm not gonna say it but this is a song that we feature on the goat parade on the pop punk episode uh teenage Halloween's clarity off their self-titled debut on Don Giovanni um I remember we didn't know where they were from when we first put played them they are from Jersey I found out they are from Jersey yes Cool. And, um, that makes me like them so much more. If you don't remember the song, here's a here's a snip. I fucking love the song. I love the album. This, it is the, a really cool song. I haven't listened to the whole album. Obviously, I've only listened to the song, and I've listened to it a couple of times since the pop punk episode. But this is something I really need to dive into because I album. like the horns. I love the horns in yeah, Clarity. and they're they're you know they're they're a little bit subliminal. You know, they're not like overpowering no. like, like Hello Rafi style. Yeah, right. Yeah, lower in the mix, definitely more lush. Uh, in the huge soundscape of things, lyrics, which is important. Too, like, like we were saying, for Gen Z to be like this forward thinking is really inspiring. Um, I, I, I do want to bring up the key lyric in this song that I cannot believe we didn't talk about last time we played this because it literally describes our privilege check it, what and why it? we do What's this. the lyric? The lyric is, maybe I should assess my privilege all day long. I'm inherently heartless. Yeah. What the fuck? That's yeah. exactly why we do this. Because exactly. people with white privilege are born inherently heartless. And I just think that's a great way to put that. It is too, especially when the brunt of the song is about achieving clarity. Right. You know, like that's an obviously an important equation to be able to achieve clarity or like mm-hmm. that process of in- admitting that you're inherently heartless. Yeah. Like is the only way to get there. And I feel like two songs on this list that both feature a one-word screamed chorus, clarity and desire, you know, searching for clarity and the amount of desire that people have is definitely 2020 in a nutshell. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah, definitely. Synergy. Synergy. I I tried not to say it, (laughs) but yeah, that's definitely some synergy on this list. Are we in the top five already? The top five songs of 2020. Let me hit the sample again. The top 20 of 2020. Yeah, really nailed it there. Ah, so nailed it. I'm going to have to smoke a little. I think you should. This is your episode. You've actually smoked less than I would have thought you would for your episode. There's always a couple songs in my top five every year that are like, 
they were my smoking songs. Of course. <laughs> you know, of of course. Yeah. And, and this is a big one, number five, from his album Live Forever, his debut album, Barty Strange, with his check Flashy God. <laughs> song i'll tell you what that is definitely a weed song um also has you know a little bit like some of the production like the four on the floor and a lot of the a lot of the the like chill trance electronic elements to it Mm -hmm. um are are again reminiscent maybe of that 1975 song that we were talking about earlier on your list interesting Um, uh he has a interview where he says a lot, a lot of his influences come from him. For this one, he specifically calls out "No Such Thing." Yeah, of course. Um, which I'm not terribly familiar with, but I, I see that kind of that dark. No Such was great. Um, Jason was big for a while there, and was like it was on the fly low tip. And gotcha. Was doing yeah, a lot of that, stuff for like brain feeder and whatnot. It yeah. has a brain feeder vibe, but like calming. You know, it, it's not. Yes. Fly, fly low can get very um, uh, intense. Un, 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 yeah, unnerving to me. I, I, yeah, some of his abstraction is a little intense, but this this Barty Strange song doesn't have any of that. And also, what a genre departure from Boomer, the track that you and, know we've listened. And the to amount of previously. genres he jumps through before we bef- between Boomer and Flashy God on the album is is truly um, remarkable. And after this song, it gets even weirder with songs like Moss Blurred and stuff. I, I, I really, it's probably in my top three albums of the year. Uh, my key lyric on Flashy God is, girl, you ask me if I get the deja vu, I do with you. Ooh. Now that is a first line to drop. Yeah, well, it's the chorus. That's the hook of the whole thing. No, but like when you're approaching someone. I know. Like talk about being a polar bear breaking the ice with that guy. Also... To bring up misheard lyrics, for months I thought it was, girl, you asked me if I quit my day job, I do that too. And I really liked that too. I was just like, how humble. But no, it's uh, <laughs> that, that is not the lyric. During a pandemic, you'd quit your day job for a girl? Man, for, how, for music? To do wow, music? How, is rom- that what you're saying? how romantic. Damn. But yeah, if you have not listened to Live Forever, definitely check it out. It's I need one of, to. One I need of the to most interesting the albums. It goes everywhere. And somehow it all works. So, number four. Strong number five. I don't think it can get any better than number four. We're still in the weed smoking zone of my list. Of course. We're talking to the sultry voice post-punk king of Los Angeles. And I'm hanging here with the overly verbose co-host of the Goat Parade. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Uh, And we've played this on the pod. I believe it was episode five or six. It's Perfume Geniuses Describe. Can Can we do a snippy? Oh, yeah.
subscribe off Set My Heart on Fire immediately. The best album title of the year for sure. Definitely. Also, some of the best production. And of again, the that's year. Blake Mills. You yeah, know, of course. He, He's a genius. He played guitar the man on this is a song. Genius. He was part of the production. Um, the song's so bold, you know? It like is so bold. That's one yeah. word I, I would use to describe, describe. It doesn't give a fuck, yet it's sensitive. Uh, it's contemptuous, I feel like. Yeah, and it's incredibly experimental. Like, you hear that reverse delay going into um, some, like, some of the verse lines. Like, yeah. it's incredible. Um, and it's so sludgy. Yeah. It's the most sludgy thing for what it is. I feel like uh, there, it, it has so much unrest, yet it's relaxing. <laughs> I don't know. It, yeah, it, it, it has like, like you're on, you're, you're riding atop a dragon yeah. who is like setting fire to farmland below. And you've never ridden a dragon before and it's huge and you're at a high elevation and you're obviously not saddled up on this dragon because you don't throw a saddle on a dragon. You just get on its back and like grab onto, you know, it's, it's, it's horns and just let it ride. Yeah. Uh, that's what this song feels you just like. hold on, baby. You're, <laughs> you're a fucking on. dragon. <laughs> I mean, you're enjoying the scenery, but at the same time, it's like, don't let go. Yeah, because you're on a fucking dragon. You're on a dragon, homie. Just to let you know. I wrote down here, I've never really heard anything like it. Neither have I. <laughs> and and no. here's a little printout from Rolling Stone. Uh, what my emptiness sound like. That's what Mike Hadreas, who records as Perfume Genius, sought out with Blake Mills on Describe. The song takes place on a simple premise. The narrator is struggling in the midst of a tough episode, asking a loved one to help render the world for them. Much like the way Jeff Tweedy sought to sonically manifest his reoccurring migraines on Wilco's A Ghost Is Born, Perfume Genius manifests mental darkness on record. It's sludge rock low end and languid tempo occupied by unfiltered chaos. And uh, Mike Adria says, I started writing about when you're in such a dark place that you don't even remember what goodness is or what anything feels like. The idea was having someone describe that to you because you forgot or can't get to it. Wow. Sludge rock, I think, is the best way to describe that tune, too, as far as like a genre defi definer yeah. or a definition. And everything yeah. he says there really explains its, its like emptiness and its like solitude, but also its like unrest. You know, it's, it's like desperate to remember what feeling is. <laughs> it's, it's very 2020. Yeah. It is very 2020. What's Especially approach <laughs> approaching it from that blind point of complete covering of any type of you know real rationale or rational thinking mm -hmm. um really like you're on the dragon you're on the dragon yeah you you're know on the dragon hold on don't let go wow okay so uh we're in the Are top we in three the top, th Whoa, top three. what it's time to do no it. this is where your taste is going to be judged by at least 10 people yes and uh yeah they're not going to be disappointed I think we played number three. I think we're going to have to play this song because we haven't played it on the pod. Yeah, we, we need to play the whole thing, mm -hmm. too. And it's uh, Adrian Lanker's Anything off Songs, uh, her one of two albums she put out this October, uh, Songs and inter Instrumentals. I have quite a bit to say about this song, especially in a printout, but uh, do you want to listen to the whole damn I song listen first? To the, I want to listen to the whole damn song, and then we're going to talk about I it. I love yeah. it. Let's do it. Thank you. 
Lemon stitches. Whoa. Uh, just so entrancing. Um, I, and I, <sighs> Heartbreaking. Almost with, your th- almost with your thing of Phoebe Bridgers, I have the same thing with Big Thief and Associated Acts because they're always in the press. Like Big Thief can't go to a petting zoo without, you know, NME. Like Big Thief at petting zoo. Click for photos. Um, <laughs> that sounds awesome. I want to see those photos. <laughs> it, it actually does sound pretty cool. But it's so deserved, um, especially with Linker's songwriting. This, like... I, I just stared at a wall for an eternity listening to that three minute and 22 second song. I've been floored by that song many times this year, but yeah. th- this was one of them. Just listening back right now with you, I was just yeah. like, fuck this goddamn song. Right. I mean, and that's one of many great, great songs on songs, her album. Um, she's utterly prolific. I mean, Big Thief had two albums last year. I mean, I was going to be <laughs> pissed too if she got any higher than this on my list because she not from their second album of 2019, uh, Two Hands, was my number one song of 2019. 
Of course. Uh, I mean, so you were going to be upset that if she stole the number one spot I was like, two, two years, years in a row? row? Get, stop. Get out of here for a while. Go take a nap. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a here's a little bit long-winded thing about I, I just love this. Oh, I can't. I, give me all the long-winded. Okay, so please. this is a little bit of a story of, of the album. Uh, this is after quarantine hit in April. She was wanted to get out of, of the city and go record in the, in, in the countryside of Massachusetts. She called her friend Phil and said, how would you like to get out of the city and make a record that sounds like the inside of an acoustic guitar? Phil said, 100%, and by the grace of some of our dear friends, they were able to gather the materials needed. They uh, borrowed about 45 tape machines and drove all the way to Massachusetts, unloaded the equipment into the small cabinet, began setting up, and one of the first things that happened was the unstable electricity fried four of the tape machines, including the Atari <laughs> 8-track, which was like their oh, main... No. Um, there was, it was beyond repair, and after three weeks of setup and troubleshooting, the, the studio finally was operating. All the, the only functioning tape recorder they had was Phil's battery-powered Sony Walkman. She says, we felt at peace of the idea that we might just be recording the whole record on cassette tape, but that would mean no overdubs. So, great, so she's grateful. There was a rescue, basically. This guy, Brendan, got, the, got the, a different Otari 8-track working. But at that time, she had a handful of songs she was recording, and by the time Phil arrived, she says, I was on this whole new level of heart sick and the songs were flying through my ears. I was basically lying in the dirt half the time. We went with the flow. A lot of the focus was on getting nourishment from our meals. We cooked directly on the wood stove and we went on walks to the creek every day to bathe. Nine of these songs were written freshly during the recording session. We began and closed each day with an improvised acoustic guitar instrumental and we made a collage of our favorite pieces, which became the first side of the instrumentals album. I'm grateful that this music has come into existence. These songs have helped me heal. I hope that at least in some small way, this music can be a friend to you. You can hear every single factoid in that somewhat long-winded yeah. uh, read from you. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. I didn't read all of um, it. I, I actually summarized, but I, I just love the story of any sort of... You know, I just did a destination recording at a place where she's recorded before as well. So, I, But I, I love just the idea that she's just laying in the dirt half the time, going to the creek to bathe, like just really living this like, you can hear that sound, you know? You can. And you can hear when a song has been worked and reworked and you can hear when a song comes from heartbreak. It's like how like many more albums is she away from basically being Nell? <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I'm all for. I love it. Of course. Yeah. It's what a, what a record this year. Um, obviously, there's a lot of records being spawned from pandemic-related causes. Hey, you want to go record a record in a cabin? Hey, I'm going to give you my bedroom songs from this year. Hey, this song's inspired by quarantine right. and the pandemic. You can't get away from that. And I think earlier this year, you said, and I might just use this against you right now. Right. I think it was on our first quarantine episode. I, I know what you're You getting. said, I'm already not looking forward to all of the core inspiration that we're going to have to go through and all of these pieces of art that were pandemic and quarantine inspired. Mm -hmm. um, and you can eat your own foot on that one. Big time. Because, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a passing phase, you know? <laughs> that, no. Yeah, no, this wasn't a three-month thing. And to, uh, to defend myself, I mean that more in the sense of TV and movies because that's I get it. That, there's a lot less grace there. Right. It has spawned some good records. And this being um, one of them. I mean, this is one of them. As far as yeah. cabin music song gives... Bon Iver, a run for his money, I feel like. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, for Emma can take a backseat to this one, uh, at least for now. Yeah, for now. Um, yeah. Number two, we have played here on the Goat Parade, I believe. Oh, God, I love this In song the beginning so of the second season. 
And it's Young Jesus' song, Unknowing, from Welcome to Conceptual Beach. Here's a snipper. Listened to the song pretty religiously since then. Me too. I mean, the whole album's pretty great, um, but this song just absolutely breaks me, and in, in, in every way imaginable. You know, there's there's emo in this song. There's like jazz. There's indie rock. There's like all these influences that are being used in their best ways, and it also has my favorite bass line of any song all year. Yeah, especially when it goes into that swing at the very end. Right, but he's doing that in the beginning and you barely notice it. and Until it becomes more prominent in the outro. Yeah, when I say yeah. it's my favorite bass line of the year, I don't mean it's like... You know, I'm talking about like it's the fourth thing maybe you notice on repeated listens to the song and you just follow it. And you're like, no way. Yeah. Like, it's a beautifully placed baseline within this it's the perfect character for the tune yeah. like everything else absolutely like the, not only the drum mix and performance is perfect the vocal like the really upfront dry-ish vocal mm-hmm. is really important yeah big time um, i like uh, especially the the guitar break when they go into the second half of the song right just which, that quick can we say that's a bridge Sure. Yeah. If, as opposed to the second half of the song, if it he, is if it is a bridge, that's the best bridge all year for sure. I would I would say With so. That, it's uh, been stuck in my head. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. key lyric from that part is "Forget the perfect and performed, just listen to this love unknown." And that's the last lyric. It is. And, and what a way to close out the song. Close out an already beautiful piece of music. I mean. I really love this song. This is one of those ones that you brought that has really I thought it was going to be number me. one. I really did. I was like, that's going to be my favorite song of the year. And it until, was for a while. It was for a long while. Until you discovered until, your, um, your better hat. Wait, do you have anything else to say about Young Jesus' Unknowing before we, we go on at said, least a 15 to 20 minute tirade about your number one song and artist? We already did. So I just want to say around middle of, beginning of November, um, Indie Mixtape tweeted, what are y'all listening to? And uh, a writer friend of mine, uh, his name is Philip Casoris, um, who's a great writer, writes for Up Rocks, and um, he's, he's featured some facial songs in other bands I've been in in the past. He's, he's always been like super receptive to listening and just has a great taste. He just said, Petey, like all caps. <laughs> and I, I was like, Petey? Just the word Petey, and, uh, just the name Petey, but in all caps, I'm like, it was odd because I already knew I liked it. <laughs> yeah, of just, course. Yeah, no, it, all the it doesn't matter. Fit. I was like, I like this guy's taste. I like that name. And then I looked it up and saw his new EP that just came out in October called Checking Up on Buds. And he's standing. Which we've, ta- we've talked about. We talked this. a little bit about, but we haven't played okay, anything. Yeah. Um, no. He's standing there with a Jeep hat and like his beard and long hair. And I'm like, oh, shit, I like this. <laughs> like, I haven't <laughs> listened to any of it yet. And then so I see Don't Tell the Boys, the third track, all caps. And I'm like, you know, I'm on my phone just scrolling through stuff. I I click on it. 
and I just kind of fast forward just to get a vibe of a sound to about like a minute and a half into the song. And I listened right. to about five seconds and I stopped and I'm like, I'm going to love that. And I need to listen to that on some speakers and not my phone and pre- preferably in a car. So me and Bunny, we actually had to go to Silver Lake in the next morning and we, I just put it on the whole EP and we just fell in love. And spe- It's so hard not to fall in love with this guy. Again, this is Petey and Cam's number one is so- song is called what? Dude? Don't tell the boys.
don't tell the boys that we just had our little talk You know in tougher times this guy's decide We'd rather walk the walk I'll always be your lending ear I'll be your elephant best friend Don't tell the boys we got each other And I'll love you till the end Don't tell the boys Okay, so this is, it's, how do we, des- how do we describe this song? And because you've introduced me to the song um, and I've been listening to it on repeat ever since, kind of like it certainly hit you. Yeah, um, um, the whole EP, I mean, this is, I guess you could say this is my favorite song. I mean, my number one slot would kind of be just that whole EP. Really, just PD has kind of taken over the rotation that I listen to. He has two EPs yeah. before this, Car Practice and... uh high life from the bottle on the beach and it's all good there are each each one is four songs so he has like you know 12 songs total i just put it in a playlist i listen to them all because <laughs> right. they're all fantastic but checking up on buds is definitely a, a progression of a sound in a way that like okay now let's let's see what this guy's debut is going to be like because checking up on buds is solid all the way through um yeah he's really coming into himself because yeah. i did I did some samplings of the first two EPs before I even listened to checking up on buds in its entirety. Um, and he's, he has found his niche, man. Yeah. It's, and it's so easy to fall in love with. I believe he's from Nashville, but he has the classic story and he's not, he's, he's, he seems very like open and honest. He's just like, I moved out to LA to become, as he says, to play drums on live TV. That's his, that's what he wants to do. That's his, that's what he said. Yeah. That's, that's like in his bio, he's like, I, drove my Honda uh, Accord out here from Nashville and I want to play live drums on television. That's basically <laughs> it. And then he says he has a delivery job where he practices singing every day in his car. <laughs> like this, That's awesome. This guy's just like the tip. I mean, obviously it, it, it's close to my heart because that's my whole life story. He's being from right. Oregon he's and, the, he's the every man. He is you and I. He's all of us. He is the everyman. And, and his like, lyrics he's, are so much fun. There's so much tongue in cheek and honesty and just like curveballs. Uh, like the second track on the EP, Pitch a Fit. Which, I mean, Pitch a Fit is ridiculous. The title of that song is cracks me up because nobody here says Pitch a Fit. I mean, no. the hook is, so you want to pitch a fit, yeah, huh? Well, you're pitching like you got a cab <laughs> running with the meter on outside the stadium. I mean, it's just not verbiage that you hear much in LA, but it reminds me of growing up in Oregon and for sure. Uh, he just seems like I've sent this EP to a lot of my friends back home and they respond to it immediately. They're like, Oh man, I've been looking for something like this. Right. Yeah. Everyone says the same thing. I've maybe wrecked it to four or five people since you sent it to me. And they're all like, what the fuck? Where's this been? This is the perfect amalgam. This is the perfect amalgamation of emo and like, experimental pop um rock it feels to like, me a lot like um if like if if isaac brock was a gen zer you know absolutely like, like how he would respond to his musician start this day like there's some 1975 in pd's music for sure 100 percent. definitely there's yeah. there's some like straight up like country inspired stuff there's emo there's it's all over the map, but it's all done in like his own singular vision, especially on this EP, and especially with the song Don't Tell the Boys. 
I feel like it's kind of a funny number one just because he is funny. I mean, he has a sense of humor in his music. But that's it's his sense of humor is more of an explanation of his actual personality versus a gimmick or a facade or mm-hmm. even like it, comedy. Like yeah. he doesn't even meet it comedically. Well, it's only he, it's only funny comedic to us it's so, because so unusual or it's not said or, or it's right. Like, and it's also very true. It's only funny right. because a lot of the shit he's saying are observations of daily life, right. which I love that yeah. kind of lyric style. And to me, don't tell the boys is like the perfect male, like we're bringing back up the male fragility, uh, like for sure, the fragile male ego, like the whole song is about like just a couple of guys, you know, telling each other they love each other, you know, and they right. need each other and, and to not tell the other boys. It's the, it's this whole podcast in a nutshell, <laughs> but to, <laughs> it's, it's funny that this EP is called checking up on buds. Cause that's what you and I have been doing. No, and, this and that's EP what so many other people have been doing. Really helped me help remind me to check up on my buds during this yeah. pandemic. There's so many reasons PD is exactly what I needed, especially to come in November when I first heard this, I'm like, I'm just out of even the interest in listening to anything new. And then PD was Absolutely. like, thank you, PD. Thank you so much. <laughs> but to, to express this humor for my key lyric, I'm just going to read the entire second verse. You should. In case you didn't get that second verse, the second verse two of the song is, don't tell the boys that we done spent the week inside and watched three seasons of the OC till Marissa fucking dies. You know, at times I'm more like Ryan and you're a little more like Seth. You're so quick-witted when we talk about what happens after death. I heard your brother's in the desert. He's been fighting for our freedom. He's been chasing nameless faces ever since he finished rehab. Can we support the individual without supporting the whole damn complex? It's either shooting guns or heroin. At least one of them pays for college. Ah, shit. If that doesn't encapsulate an entire generation in two stanzas then I don't know what does. Yeah, two very different... I don't know. It says a lot while saying a lot and without saying a lot, if that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, no, there's a lot of omission there, but it's implied omission Mm -hmm. uh, by having that contrast. He's talking... There's a pop culture ref Mm -hmm. immediately followed by the war of our younger days. Right. It's like so That that we had to see. And both... Both are like throwback. I don't know. It's and and the way he ends it with what I call his trademark, which is him going, "Oh shit," because he does right. that almost in almost every song. <laughs> it's kind of like even though he tried to make this point, he's not even sure if he believes it. He's just like, "Man, everything's kind of fucked, huh?" <laughs> like there's a lot right. of that. Later in the song too, he refers to his friend as his elephant best friend, which I also think is beautiful because there's that like boyish like I don't know like fantasy of like having an, a boy having an elephant or, you know, like, like a, a protector. Or, I don't know. A lot of beautiful imagery in the song. I can't, I, I could talk about this song for the next hour, you know? Uh, I really could too. This is one of the artists that you've introduced me to this year that I will listen to probably for the rest of my life. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm worried I'm listening to him too much. I'm going to get sick of it, but so far it hasn't happened. This song and this EP and, and prior EPs, uh, are not growing old for me yeah. right now. I'm still very much in that PD honeymoon period. And you just you sent me his TikTok, which I didn't know. I don't have a TikTok, oh so but it, I don't have TikTok it either. It was hilarious. I, I follow his Instagram, and it's also very hilarious. He'll just be doing stories of him covering Mariah Carey songs on acoustic guitar, and I believe his cover of "Crash" by Dave Matthews Band comes out on Christmas oh, I Day. Bet it's a cl- so oh, I bet it's a classic. Look for that. 
<laughs> oh man, this guy. I'll tell you what. Um, I didn't, I obviously don't have a TikTok either, but I sent, don't tell the boys, I sent the single link to a buddy and he's like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, I love Petey. Like immediately without saying anything, he's like, I'm a massive Petey fan. Also, he has his TikTok and he sent me that TikTok video. Yeah. Um, it's hilarious. I just want to make it clear that Uncle Al does not have a TikTok. So all of our fans out there do don't not swarm you all at once. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't believe we did this. This was. I. I hope it was. Yeah, maybe for the listener, they heard a song they liked that they had. You're heard a trendsetter. Before. You're a trailblazer. You're a tastemaker. You're all of these things. <laughs> you're, and you're you my ba- overly verbose co-host of the Goat Parade. Of course, and I'll always be here for you, even for a season three after we take a small post season two hiatus. Right, we got a plan. We got a and Patreon members. If you have ideas that you think would be great for our season three, uh, send them. We probably won't listen because we'll probably figure it out ourselves. But if you want <laughs> to tell us something, Please, no, we need. We definitely need some some feedback. I tried to be we cocky. Need some new it didn't ideas. come off right. Yeah, no, that didn't work. No, that, that didn't work <laughs> no, at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt cocky after you called me a, a tastemaker, and then and then look what it did. And it a trendsetter right and a trailblazer. <laughs> right yeah, the three T's, dude. The three T's. That's what you are. That's that's where I am. Season three. Well, this has been one hell of a year in list, man. I mean, truly, like I think you basically just set the palette for everyone, or reset the palette for the year. Uh, and there's a lot to take in here. Mm-hmm. So I hope, yeah, I, I just thank you for going through it with me. Thanks for all the clips you had in your year in review. 2020 has been a little bit brighter with the Goat Parade. That's right, and we'll be back for God. We'll be back for season three, won't we? Oh yeah, I I see it coming. Don't say coming. Remember, we can't <laughs> well, say coming. At least you're fully clothed. <laughs> That's it for the Goat Parade. Goat Parade. Ah.